0: Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk. Sibo in the house, Debo in the house. A very special victory Monday here today. Yes, sir. Before we get started, let's dive into the beers. Debo, what you got? I
1: went light today. It's been a been having a lot of a lot of beer recently. Bought eight beers yesterday, cleared them all out real quick. Or not yesterday, Saturday. Um, so I'm just drinking a nice Corona in my. Uh, Packers, koozie.
0: We all know what Corona tastes like. I don't have to tell you how good it is. Delicious. All right. And mm. I am drinking. I'm back on Trillium. I'm drinking daily. First of all, let's check out this can. This can is ridiculous. It I is, man. Mad, mad nice. Daily serving, blood orange, mango, pineapple, sour. Whew. It is like candy. It tastes just like candy. Brother, man. I wow. like it. That's really good. was it? That's really good. All right. Love it. The Bills won. They did. The Packers won. Was that the most important winning right now? <laughs> not even close. The biggest win over the weekend was that Joe Biden was elected the 46th president of the United States. While some may say it's still not official, to most of the world it is official. Let's dive right in and just talk about it, Do you Give me your thoughts on it. Well, first off, is this our 46th episode, by the way? It's close. I don't know. We might be. Whoa. It might be forty-five. I'm not really sure. I don't want to jinx it. Oh no. man. So I mean, you
1: were very confident. You and I have talked over the past at least six months about this. That you you thought it was going to be a landslide. Now it electoral vote wise, it was a landslide. Um, overall vote, I know he's going to smash the popular um, popular vote, but it was a lot closer. In the popular vote than I, I think i expected um what once he started getting out there for it to be a, a 306 electoral college win um it doesn't matter i mean it matters trump is gone it's it's good for our the united states but like we talked about in one of the last calls actually a couple of last calls is our work's not done we still have to go out there we have to make sure that voices are heard whether it's the lgbt community whether it's uh people of color It doesn't matter we have to you know we have to heal this country and we have to do it together and we have to find a way to unify and make it happen Mm -hmm. the other thing that that's that's big is we have the first ever woman vice president black vice president asian-american vice president this is big i mean i'm i'm proud of what happened the 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 people down in georgia stepped up Pennsylvanians they were they came out big time i mean th- those were two states that I, I know michigan and wisconsin were up in there and all the battleground states were worried about arizona like people voted for the best for all the most americans that can possibly happen for like they didn't vote for themselves they voted how can america become great finally and this is how we're going to do it and I'm so excited to see what happens. Like I was saying, we have a lot of work to do, but I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction.
0: No, I agree. I mean, I, uh, you're right. In the end, it's going to be a landslide. Popular vote margin is going to be one of the biggest popular vote margins ever. And, you know, the most votes ever given to one candidate and the Electoral College votes in the end are going to be massive, too. Um, But the reality is there were some pretty tense moments over the last five or six days where people were really on edge as to whether or not this outcome was going to turn one way or the other. Here's the reality. Joe Biden probably wasn't the best candidate that we could have asked for. But in this moment, I do believe that a guy that is compassionate, a guy that is caring, and a guy who's uh, been a politician for a long time can hopefully bring some sense of normalcy into a world where we are currently in a pandemic still eight months later. um, Hatred and misinformation have never been greater in this moment. And the only way we're going to get out of it, in my opinion, is by beginning to talk to each other again and beginning to work together again. I don't know that that's going to happen. I have huge expectations for Biden and Harris. um, And I think that most important thing that everybody can do, both Democrats, Republicans, independents, I don't care what party you are, is to push these people that are going to be in charge for the next four years to make this country a better place than it has been. Um, People have pointed to the successes that Donald Trump has had as president. I don't necessarily see all of them, but the reality is he's, he's stretched the fabric of this country. thin. people do not like talking to each other if they're on different sides of political agendas um he has helped this spread of disinformation come to a head where you know people will believe anything that comes out of his mouth it's 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 almost sad right and so yes joe biden's an old white guy he's been in politics for 40 some odd years and he isn't the most excited exciting guy in the world but you know what he's in now he's won the election He's got a vice president, to your point, who is an African-American female, she's an Asian-American female. Uh, Kamala Harris is is awesome. And we should all really take a moment to just digest how important this is for this country to have a black Asian-American woman as vice president. It's incredible. And there are a lot of people that are angry right now because Donald Trump isn't president. And that's all they're angry about. They can shout about the things that they're angry about. But the reality is there's a lot of people, LGBT community, you mentioned women who could lose their rights, um, people of color who were terrified about what he was going to do with his second term. And now all of those people are able to take a deep breath and come to the table uh, with these Democratic leaders and push them to make some real change. And, you know, I've heard that that, you know, Biden wants to repeal the the Muslim ban and, and and do some things that can get people of color feeling a little bit better about their position in this country, and I'm all for it. Because the reality is where we were over this last year is pretty scary. I know some people don't feel it because they live in rural communities or they live away from people of color, but uh, those people have been feeling like their 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 life is on edge these last couple of years, and I'm glad that they can finally take a breath. Yeah, and to your point
1: about the, having the burden – off your back and just feeling you know the, the way of the world i mean i'm white white male and you know i felt it so i can only imagine what it would have felt like for for all these um marginalized communities to to finally feel like they now have a voice again and they can actually move forward yeah with with the right with the right leadership
0: yeah and all, and, and and i don't want to get into much, but anybody that was complaining about the the groups of people that were out on, on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening celebrating in big groups. Y'all weren't saying nothing when Trump was having his rally, so shut your mouths. All right. Tell me about the Packers, man. Thursday night, smackdown of the 49ers, though they were really like the, the 29ers because they're about half of what they normally are.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm going to say. I don't have a lot to take away from this 49ers game. I, the, what I, the biggest takeaway I have is the NFL fucked San Francisco over. We kind of talked about this, like Tennessee got a bye and they got to recover and they even had practices when they weren't supposed to be practicing and they, they basically got time to get healthy and San Francisco was, they were literally just like, oh, well go play your game. I don't care that you have three or four people on COVID IR. And then even the Packers had two, Mm -hmm. three, they had three players
0: like all the running backs, right? Basically. So, yeah. It
1: was Dylan, Jamal Williams, and they had uh Kamal Martin, uh, the linebacker. So, okay. Anyway, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Deadly, probably the best duo in the league. Crushing not it. being a homer there, but probably right now. What'd you say?
0: They're crushing it,
1: man. It doesn't yeah. make no sense. I mean, they're definitely in the top two and they're not number two. I've been hearing that a lot. That for a bunch of different things. Um, it was good to have Aaron Jones back, so that was huge. I mean, we lost yeah. two running backs. He touched the ball the first five out of six plays. Like, it was ridiculous. I was like, oh, they'll ease him back in. It was just like run, run, screen to him, run, pass down the field, run. Awesome. Hey, MVS, way to drop that ball, and then all of a sudden blow up for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Um, it's not a good litmus test of where the Packers are. It's a win getting closer to the number one seed. You know, they're, right now they're in third due to splitting with the Saints. Or I'm sorry, one win against Saints, one loss against the Seahawks. So, yep. you know, it, it, the, the tiebreaker goes to the Saints right now. Um, the other only thing I'll mention is the defense finally got a couple turnovers, and that's what a blowout ends up being. And, again, Mullins was the quarterback. And they had Richie, James, the the receiver, who had a really good game. He had a fantastic game, but,
0: I mean, he was the only one there. I'll say this. Absolute smackdown. 49ers shouldn't even been on the field. But this is what has got to be frustrating about being a Packers fan is you have this game. And to your point, last week you were talking about how it's just not enough to have Lazard come back. It isn't enough to just bank on these wide receivers. And then you go out and absolutely smash the 49ers, a team that you talked about at the beginning of the season, completely demolishing you guys in the playoffs last year. You talked about this game for a couple of weeks. And obviously they weren't healthy. They haven't been healthy all year. But the reality is you guys come out, absolutely laid a smackdown on them, wide receivers catching everything. And for a moment it's like, oh, well, we've got wide receivers. So, guys, remember we didn't need any help. And in a week from now, when there's a couple of drops and the game's close or so you lose a game, it's going to be back. You know, it's kind of like this vicious cycle. And I know it's been happening for a couple of years with the Packers, but it's just kind of one of those moments where, like, I just think about last week where you're like, damn it, we have nothing and we could have got something. And now it's like, we caught everything the other night.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned it, I think, I want to say two or three, it was two or three weeks ago when, when Adams, you know, when they lost the the Bucks, and I said, when Adams plays great and he's focusing on Adams, it's fantastic. But as soon as it's it's, everyone notices how bad the the receivers are when they get beat thirty eight to ten.
0: Right.
1: I mean, you'll take it. We won it, it
0: six and two, six and two,
1: five and two, whatever it is. Six
0: and two. You're on to the next one. I mean, again, that's oh. a win is a win in the NFL. A, a win is a win. That's it. I mean, they're they're. The schedule is really nice down the stretch. They still have
1: to play the Bears twice, who are offensively challenged right now. Um, still a decent defense, but then you got Jacksonville, Tennessee. I think is their probably their toughest test left. So, yeah. I mean, they have a good chance to only lose like one or two more games if they keep playing like this. What do you? I mean, Bills, man, they look
0: like a whole new team. I, I, I and I'm going I'm finally doing my homework here. Last week I talked about. You know, you got to find ways to win, right? They play this ugly game against the Jets where it's just field goal city against the Patriots. They win, but it, 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 it always felt like they were one play away from either blowing them out or, or falling apart. This game, they just came out and smacked the Seahawks in the mouth. They get the 50-plus yard return on the opening kickoff, which Andre Roberts keeps, keeps taking it out of the end zone and just scares the hell out of me. Well,
1: before you keep going – so I, I actually saw the kickoff, and I'm like, what is he doing?
0: Then he I'm like, the go, go. So, yeah. So I want to talk about Josh Allen because he is turning into a really good quarterback. His biggest problem is sticking to the game plan, I think. If he sticks to the game plan, I think Brian Dabble can offensively create a game plan against any defense. He's clearly been able to do that. He's found the soft parts in a defense and been able to pick them up. It comes down to Josh Allen actually executing. Yep. Against the Jets, he was trying too hard. Against the Jets, he was trying to throw the ball down the field when they were playing a soft zone, and he should have just been dumping it down underneath. This game, they get the big return. He comes out. They have a plan because Seattle's defense was pretty beat up, and they were playing super soft, and he just picked them apart on that first drive. Two quick short passes and then the long pass to McKenzie for the touchdown, and they were off and running. And then when Seattle just decided, well, screw it, we're just going to put Jamal Adams up on the line. Who, by the way, Jamal Adams is terrifying when he's yeah. blitzed. They basically decided we're just going to let him blitz almost every play for the rest of the game. It took him a series or two to get used to it. Also, it took them to, you know, run a screen here and there and run the ball once in a while to open up those passes. But once he got over that, again, he just took what the defense gave him. And again. Stephon Diggs, really nice to have him on the team. Yeah. That... Leads the league in receptions, leads the league in yards. He is clearly the guy that sets the table for them. John Brown's getting catches. Tight end's getting catches. They're catching out of the backfield. But Stephon Diggs is just always open. And if God forbid you you try to play defense on him with a zone, he's going to get open. He's just too good. Yeah. He's just too good. And, again, they, the Bills got out to a lead. And we've talked a lot about this. These NFL defenses are built to get a lead and then blitz the crap out of, out, of, out of the quarterback. And that's what they did to Russell Wilson. They knocked him down 16 times yesterday, most in the NFL this season. A couple of sacks, he took an absolute beating. And if it wasn't for him making some absolute ridiculous plays down the end, this is like a 20-point blowout. I mean, it finishes 44-34. But without him, the Bills giving up the fifty-five yard bomb and, and then making that and getting that last score, like this is this is a twenty twenty-five point win. Which that t- fifty-five yard bomb was ridiculous. Yeah, that, like he like
1: just rolls out and you know they just lost track of him and he just he, he underthrew him. But it and, was and just- they had
0: done great all game, all game they had done. They blitzed and they stayed back. I kept getting mad because tight ends were getting open underneath, but the Bills clearly had a plan. They weren't going to let Russell Wilson beat him deep because he's so good and because yeah. DJ Metcalf can catch anything. That guy's terrifying, but they kept it. I mean, Tyler Lockett did nothing. 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 I mean, you, you.
1: I mean, I think that's how you beat Seattle, right? I think you let their tight ends catch it because it's Olsen and Disley. They're not going to burn you. It's not like letting Kittle mm-hmm. or Kelsey catch it. They're not going to outrun most even linebackers at this point. So I think, I mean, that's, that's a good point to just,
0: you know. And, and again, you, you run the you, – you blitz a guy like Russell Wilson because if you don't blitz him, which they didn't at the beginning of the game. They tried the four-man rush, and he was picking them apart. And what the, what the, what the Bills did was they were able to kind of keep them out of the end zone. They stopped them on fourth and goal. They got the interception. That was the big play because Seattle came right down the field. They were yeah. on the goal line, and then they threw the interception in the end zone. And then the, the again the bills were off and running, but you gotta you, when you have a good quarterback you have to blitz him because if you don't, they're gonna pick you apart because again Lockett Metcalf the tight ends, they're Moore's a really good receiver too. Let's not forget yeah. him. Like yeah. they have talent everywhere, and so you just have to go get Wilson. And again they went after him. He fumbled the ball twice, threw two interceptions, and and the Bills took care of the ball on offense. They just did. Yeah, I would have I. I...
1: Sad him in fantasy and
0: played the Cardinals who got yeah, the next in, in fantasy. They still gave up 34 points, man. Like that's like true. you know, like if the reality is their defense played well. They got yeah. it they did enough to get a win. That's what that's what the NFL is today. It's not a defense wins the game. Your defense has to play well enough to give your offense a chance.
1: Well, the defense won the game by getting all those turnovers. I mean, right. it's a
0: different way The to... offense got out the like Josh, if Josh Allen was 17 of 19 at one point and at one point, they showed the play selection. It was 19 passes to three runs. Like, he needs to make the plays. He needs to and, – and, again, most of those passes weren't contested. Most of those passes was some guy standing on the sideline like this with nobody around him for two, three yards. So, like, he's got to make those plays. And he made them early on, and that's what they were able to get the lead. And now they've got – they go to Arizona, and then they've got their bye. Which, again, they got a real shot to beat Arizona because Arizona's up and down. Arizona's – Definitely up and down. They're they're talented, but again, up and down. So, if, you know, the Bills can get after Murray, which he's a different beast. He can run, just kind of scares the crap out of me. But my guess is they're just going to go after him. All well, you can do. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the deal. Like you said, it's the they are
1: seven and two. I can't believe. Did be the crazy stat that that uh, QB sneak touchdown for Russell Wilson was like was the first of his career?
0: It, it's. Probably should be second after they did it in the Super Bowl. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Instead of doing uh, a little review of the NFL of the week that was, we're going to dive into the mid-season awards.
1: Yeah, we are halfway there. You
0: and I like to do awards. It is what it is. We've got MVP, Rookie of the Year. We've got Biggest Surprise, Biggest Disappointment. And then we've got two bold predictions coming down the road. I might have, like, six bullet predictions that I'm not really sure about, but it is what it is. MVP, most valuable player, first nine weeks, who you got? All right. No one's going to be surprised by this.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's hard for anyone to not say Rodgers at this point. He's played two games without Adams. He's played a game without Aaron Jones he spent most of the season without the second receiver Alan Lazard. Right now he's got he's leading the NFL in QBR at 86.9 and his passer rate is 117.5. You know, he doesn't have the most yards or the most TDs. He is close. He's only four behind uh Wilson. But he's done what an crazy job with the pass catchers he has. Um he he makes the right plays. He the, the only thing he did wrong was he stared at Devontae Adams against the Bucks, and it turned into a pick six and a blowout. So that's his one that was the one stain. I didn't say this last year. Like he he last year he he looked terrible. He he's definitely playing with a chip. Maybe it's love, maybe it's him and Danica broke up. I, who knows? But I mean, this guy is playing out of his mind right now, and he looks like he's having fun again. So Mahomes is right there, but I'm giving this MVP award to Rogers until someone goes and takes it from him.
0: All right. I'm flipping it. I'm going Mahomes over Rogers. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> like I mean, I know I know Rodgers has got the twenty four two touchdown interception ratio. Mahomes has got the twenty five to one. Yep. Which is stupid. Last year he had twenty six and nine. He's at twenty five and one right now. This is looking like two years ago when he throws 50 touchdowns. Yep. And your point is well made that that Rodgers is doing this without players. Um, I just don't know that there is an offense better than the Kansas City Chiefs. And he is the best part of the best offense in the NFL. And, you know, maybe all his weapons are still there, um, but he still has to go out and do it. Yep. And they just keep piling on the points. You know, they're like – I swear, I feel like I look at their, their their game like after the first quarter and it's like they're losing to a team like three to seven. And then I look in the third quarter and it's like 47 to seven. Yeah. They just are unbelievable like that. Um, and so I'm giving it to him. Again, the reality is if Russell Wilson didn't have the game they, that he had yesterday – I might have picked him. I might have picked Rodgers. Like, the reality is, is up until yesterday it was one of those three quarterbacks that yeah. are all playing out of their mind. Um, they're all the ones that are kind of dragging their teams to victories week after week after week. Um, I absolutely love seeing all the offense in the NFL. Um, when I watch a game on TV, like when I was watching the Ravens and Colts yesterday and there wasn't offense, it's just kind of disgusting and gross. Like, you got to stop just doing the read option for three plays and then punting Baltimore. You got to figure something else out. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. And the one thing I will say about Mahomes is, you know, I can say Rodgers doesn't have the weapons. Yes, he he has Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, that is, but has Tyreek Hill, has Travis Kelsey. If Hardman or Robinson or Watkins go to any other team, are they as good?
0: Probably not. Your your right. point is well made. Yeah,
1: I mean, and so so like, um, he's got two and Hilaire, um, Edwards Hilaire is a good pass, but I don't think he has
0: the most talent. Like, no, you you could say the running backs are better on on the Packers. You could say that the wide receivers are, I mean, who's a better wide receiver, Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams? I don't know that you can answer that question. Right. I probably might pick Adams, but like. If they're both world class, and two then after that,
1: two different styles of receivers. <laughs> but, but what I'm, I think, what I'm getting at is, the Falcons probably have a more talented pass catching group overall mm-hmm. with Julio, Ridley, Hurst, Gage. Right. All they got is Zakarius, or whatever his name is, and <laughs> but and, and I think Mahomes is is doing a really good job with. Slightly above average in Hardman. Hardman's fast. Robinson is fast, and and I think and he and Mahomes sometimes well that people say he's got so many great weapons. I don't. I mean, Sammy Watkins is not quite a great weapon. He also, not, I don't, is Sammy Watkins even playing these days? Like he's not even playing right now. But you, you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Like no, I, I totally get I, it. I, I have I would have no problem with Mahomes won the MVP but I'm gonna go with Rogers because I fact.
0: My, my hope is that those two just keep rocking off and that at the end they both have like 60 touchdowns and three interceptions and it's just like a, a like a ridiculous stat line that nobody can ever
1: and then they they share the uh, the
0: MVP like was it I can't remember who it was was it uh, was it, it was a... uh, Steve oh, McNair yeah. and Peyton Manning who was it Steve McNair and Peyton Manning You don't want to know why I know that, but I know they shared the MVP. Shared one, too. Maybe. All right, let's move on. Rookie of the year.
1: Who you got? So, I'm between James Robinson and Justin Herbert. Right now, James James Robinson is sixth in the league. And, you know, once uh, Edwards-Hilaire and Todd Gurley have their bye, because they have not had a bye yet, he's going to easily jump in front of them because he's only like 10 yards behind. Um, but like every award for offense, it's going to a quarterback, so I'm going with Herbert. Um, he's put his team in line multiple times to win games. There's been a missed field goal, he threw two good balls to one to Mike Williams and one to the guy that dropped it after coming down with this. <laughs> I forgot his mind, and he's had a make backfield all season, too. Eckler got hurt. First game of the season with Tyra Taylor. She hasn't even played with Eckler. Justin Jackson got hurt on the first play of the game yesterday. And then he ended up leaving after the third play when he realized he couldn't play. He's been playing with Joshua Kelly. He just had Tremont, Tremont Pope. Kalen Bellage came back around. This is, they're not great running backs right now. And he's out here. He's got 18 uh, touchdowns, five interceptions. And that's missing a game. Yeah. And so he's only played in six games, seven games. And I think he's having a great year. He's he's over 100 with his passer rating, and he's he's in the mid-80s for QBR. So, I think he's the rookie of the year. I know we could give it to Burrow. I know we could give it to um, uh, oh, Robinson, like I was saying. But that, right, I'm, I got to go with Herbert.
0: Yeah, I, I had Burrow for a second. He's got some pretty cool stat lines that he's accomplished so far. Justin Hebert is doing this, and clearly that team doesn't know how to play defense or win games. Like, this is banana land what's happening right now. Like, he is leading this team into victory, and then it's getting snatched from them week after week. And he's a rookie. He's going to have the opportunity to build on this. The Chargers had a defense in years past. The reason they couldn't get over the hump is because their offense wasn't doing. This guy is slinging it. You're right. 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, whatever it is. I I think he's just the best offensive, or I mean, offensive, but best rookie playing right now. Burrow's good. He's been a little up and down. He's been okay. James Robinson's been really good. Justin Jefferson from the Vikings has put up some ridiculous stat lines. But, I mean, this guy is a guy who's just chucking it all over the field with accuracy with success, and he's, to your point, seven games into his career. I mean, the Chargers right now have got to be feeling really good. Really good. I mean, everybody thought – I mean, and Burrow's playing great. Don't get me wrong. But Hebert's been the more exciting quarterback, in my opinion, and he's got better numbers. So, I'm going Hebert. It is what it is. All right. Like Biggest surprise so far. What do you got? I think – Right now, I'm surprised at how
1: many, since we're on we're on Justin Hebert, um, how many teams have embraced the rookie quarterbacks?
0: Like the Cowboys.
1: Well, they kind of had to, but I'm talking Hebert. Hey, we're talking Joe Burrow, Tua. They replaced them, even though I mean, aside what Brian Fitzpatrick has done in the past, he has led them to a to a pretty to a to a pretty decent start. Um, but now you, they threw Jake Luton in there. I know Minshew's hurt, but they're all like, you know what? We have to find out what we have now so we know if we have it. And that brings me to what the fuck is the Washington football team doing starting Alex Smith? Like, I understand it. I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Um, by the way, rip Kyle Allen's ankle. I saw it live, and I was like, that's snapped. And Jacob kind of freaked out. Um, I didn't see it. I, just, I don't want to see it. With with I get it. Haskins hasn't been great, but let him start. You gotta find out what you have. And if you lose, what's the worst thing to happen? Maybe you have a shot at Trevor Lawrence.
0: Right. I that's a great point. It's so interesting how years ago you drafted a quarterback and you had him sit for three years because he was the future of your franchise, and now there's this clear idea of like we're going to invest this draft draft capital in this person because we had a bad year last year and we're going to just see if they can go now let's be clear Joe Burrow was always going to start but Tyrod Taylor could be in the game right now Ryan Fitzpatrick could be in the game right now um Minshew would be in the game right now if he wasn't hurt that's fair you know the reality but, but I mean it's a good point to be made the reality is we're in this space where if you have a young quarterback you're you're going from Drew Locke is starting to come around Broncos yep. are showing a little bit of life, and maybe Elway was on to something. I know there's been a lot of drama, and I'm going to agree with you in this moment. Uh, there's been a lot of drama about Haskins. Just put him out there. If you, again, Alex Smith winning you games doesn't do anything for the future of your team, and Alex Smith probably isn't a part of the future of your team. So I'm with you on that. My biggest surprise, and I, like, maybe it wasn't a surprise to some people, but the fact the Steelers are 8-0 – it's pretty impressive. Now I know they were on the cusp. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. They were on the cusp of the playoffs last year without a quarterback. They were literally running out like hobos in the streets. It is what it is. But just because Big Ben comes back doesn't mean they all of a sudden become a team that is undefeated after halfway through the season. Um, uh, uh, franchise record eight and zero. And this like, and they're just winning games like. It's not always pretty. They're not necessarily blowing teams out, but they are finding ways to win. They've lost a couple of guys on defense, but their defense is still really good. They have the third most points scored. They've let up the third least amount of points in the league. They are getting it done on both ends of the field. They're going to be really tough to beat. You know,
1: I you know, Steeler Nation had that uh, had that gasp of air when Ben was limping right. around. And then threw the touchdown pass, and they were like, oh, no biggie.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, it, it just... It kind of just blows my mind. Again, we're seeing all these old quarterbacks that have been around the league forever. you got Breeze, you got Brady, Roethlisberger, all these guys that have kind of been doing it for a while. You kind of forgot about Ben because he was out for last year, and you don't know what you're going to get back. Again, you think he's going to play. But, again, this was the guy that almost, like, quit, like, three years ago. Yep. And now he's back leading this team, picking up wide receivers left and right that are balling out. Like, they keep winning. It's you know Like, they're 8-0. Nobody else is undefeated. They just keep on chugging They're and they're not the flashy score 45 points every week. Like the chiefs, they're like, what do we need to win this game? Let's go do it. Yep. All right. Biggest disappointment. what you got at first? I was going to go with the entire NFC
1: East as a collective, (laughs) but I mean, when I say when, when, you know, beginning of the year, I say the Cowboys are going to go 13 and three and they're currently sitting at two and seven. And now we can't blame it all on Dak because at the point of Dak getting hurt, they were two and two. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One and three. They were mm-hmm. one and three, and they had to come back by like a thousand points to the Falcons in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter to win that game to get to one and three. And the game that they won when he got hurt, Dalton had to come back and drive, put them on two field goal drives. Mm-hmm. Um, It's not Dak going downfall, Dalton gets hurt now they're starting they started um Danucci now they just started um, Gilbert, who actually didn't look awful like he was actually throwing the ball down the field more than Danucci was allowed to I mean this team with all that talent on the team that's the biggest in the disappointment in the league. it's not even close like I know we could say the Patriots being two and five, but they're. I wasn't, I'm not overly surprised by that. I'm surprised by Dallas.
0: And, I, and I'm right there with you. I chose the 49ers, and I, I know they have all these injuries. But regardless of all the injuries, Jimmy G hasn't looked right. Mm-mm. They're not playing with the same intensity. Their defense hasn't been as good. And this is a team I think we both expected to win a lot of games and go deep into the playoffs. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Was the it way? last year, right? wow that's really bad that I forgot that and for them to be just kind of a shell of their former self is just kind of disappointing to me and again I, I just feel like the NFC East is a disappointment unto itself but like I don't know like I get that there's a lot of injuries maybe it's bad luck maybe I don't know why do you have so many freaking injuries I guess it's just luck of the draw but like again I feel like they're they're a Super Bowl team that's about to have a new quarterback you know, it just it just feels like a team that was supposed to be really good and and, and now I don't. I mean, it's gonna be hard for them to win games. Yeah. Because um, quarterback play was awful on Thursday night. Yeah. Like it's gonna get better. do not have anybody to throw it to. I mean, Ayuk's gonna come back. Kittle is not.
1: But after that, you're I mean, Debo. I
0: mean, if you're if you're playing the Niners, are you not just putting eight in the box and rush, blitzing every time? I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah. You know? It's just kind of, I mean, it, to me, it, you're right about the Cowboys. They should be better. And, and you know, we're, basically what we're talking about is two teams that had a lot of injuries, you know. But, again, we've talked about Dallas having an awful defense from the jump. The 49ers, you'd think they'd at least have, like, high-caliber defense? No. you think they'd have something going on in the offense? I mean, they lost They lost Bosa. They've been down Sherman, I believe. hmm
1: So, I mean, th- their defense wasn't. Injuries are part of the NFL.
0: It. Every team's got injuries. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, that's the thing. The reality is, every team has injuries. And yes, some have more than others, but they're, I don't know, were they three and five? And they're not getting better. They're not
1: going I not. mean, most sorts it's going to come back, but at this point, you just shell
0: them and let them right. get healthy for next year. Get a better draft pick is what it is. All right. Two bold predictions. Start us off with one. D, what you got?
1: Bold prediction number one three teams from the AFC North and the NFC West are going to make the playoffs. Okay. so I think that the, uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to hold on
0: and get to the playoffs. Okay. Okay. All right. That was kind of one of my bold predictions. So I'm scrapping it. Okay. And I'm going to go with Giants win the NFC East. Bold prediction. Here's the remaining schedule. Okay. Games they can win. Eagles, Bengals, Browns, Cowboys. Games they're probably not going to win, Seahawks and Ravens. Games that are up in the air, Cardinals. Not going to say they're going to win all of them. That division is not – that division is so tight that a two or three-game winning streak could put you a game or two up on the rest of the division. Yep. Bold prediction, number one. I like it. All right, what you got number two?
1: Mine doesn't feel as bold, but this this number two doesn't feel as bold because I did say that three teams from the West are going to make it, but I think it's going to be the Rams jumping both the Cardinals and the Seahawks and winning that division.
0: Okay. Interesting. I I mean, I did have NFC West score three playoff teams. That was – I and don't think the Rams the are gonna do it, but I believe I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. You're up. As I was gonna say the the reason I
1: believe this is I think that the Rams' offense is good enough to take it to Seattle and their defense is good enough to do what Buffalo's defense did
0: to Seattle. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the most obvious one. The Jets are gonna go in 60. I don't know that there's a winnable game on their on their on their on their schedule. This one tonight might be it. This one might be it. Yeah. Um, I don't
1: know what the score is. You made me turn the TV off. I don't it's have okay.
0: It does not matter. It does not matter. <laughs> I, I had one of those, but it's not that. Good. I just don't know. And and again, I don't know how hard they're trying. It doesn't seem like they're trying that hard. But I don't know that there's a winnable game on their schedule the rest of the way. And the, the fact that they're not going to fire Adam Gase, it seems clear that they're not going to fire him. I don't know how players are getting up to play for him. And, you know, typically you fire a coach, you get a little bit of momentum. People start playing for their, for their next contract or whatever it may be. Just seems like, you know, people are happy to just be mediocre and go for that number one pick. If they lose tonight, they have a 64 65% chance of landing that number one pick. I don't think they win a game.
1: I mean, I mean, people are telling Lawrence that if uh, if the Jets get the number
0: one pick, he should stay in college. If he, get, he go to New York City and get all that money, please stop. Yeah, that toast is, is absolutely crazy. And again, Joe Burrow did the same stuff last year. How's he doing right now? He, yeah, he didn't want to go. to It sounded like he didn't really want to go to Cincinnati. How, how's that working out for him right now? He's a toast of the town. they they I know they're two and five or whatever, but they're playing much better than we thought they would be playing. Please stop with all that bullshit. I can't handle that stuff. Yeah. All right. Now let's do last call presented by Progression Brewery. Debo, what you got?
1: So over the border in Connecticut, starting November 25th, Mohegan Sun is hosting a uh, 30-team NCAA college, men's college basketball bubble where they're going to have nine pods of games, seven games a day. UMass is one of them. Um, they have, th- they have three teams in their pod that they're going to play, uh, a round Robin against, Hey, you know, it's cause I know you that they're done, um, after Thanksgiving. So why not let them go play in a bubble and, and they're not going to miss school. So I think it's a good opportunity for them, for the NCAA to at least get, uh, some basketball in, uh, I look forward to seeing Trey Mitchell tear it up on the court. Cause mm-hmm. that kid is a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to see what they got. They they have retooled that basketball team. They got a bunch of bunch of recruits came in, and I think they have a good shot at being pretty decent this year. It's unfortunate we're we're living in the Corona virus world because it's it's one of those teams where you're like, man, I wish I could see them in person with the uh, with the UMass crazies. But maybe next year if he sticks around. Mm-hmm. So. UMass, it'll be on TV from November 25th to December 5th. Some college basketball should be awesome.
0: Yeah, man, the bubble basketball works. Let's do it. No doubt. Let's see. him. And listen, UMass has been pretty bad for a long time, so let's hope for some wins. All right, I'm finishing up with uh, the Red Sox bringing back Alex as manager. He got suspended for the year. Suspension lifted. They bring him back. Obviously, we're going to win the World Series now because he's our manager. It's done. It's locked in. Um, I'm honestly happy that they did it. I know he cheated. Hopefully he doesn't cheat again. Um, But as a manager, he's been pretty damn successful with the Red Sox. And we're going to get some folks back. We're going to be healthy. And we're coming for that ass. It is what it is. All right, man. Until next time, y'all be good out there. Peace.